0: good morning I hope you're doing well this morning if you've been sticking with me through this mini series I really appreciate it I appreciate you giving me your time even you know in past episodes for me it's like there's this voice creeping into my head that's like no one wants to come and listen to you talk about your hard stuff like people want to hear about how you're gonna help them have a better mindset and I'll get back to that. And I like that I said that out loud because that could be totally untrue. Some of you may be really enjoying hearing that my life isn't put together or that or, or my life is put together. So let's let's stop saying that for a second, okay? If we want to do a mindset shift right now, I don't enjoy it when people are like my life's a mess or I need to get my shit together. I don't like that because we are all learning. We are all going through our own experiences, and there are areas in our life that may look like we're doing very well, and there may be other areas of our life where we want to do better. We want to grow, and I don't believe anyone has their shit together. I, it's actually why I, I walk through the world so confidently. If you want, if you want me to be really honest with you right now, it's why I walk with my head held high because anybody judging me, I know for sure there's something in their life annoying them. There is something in their life they are trying to figure out and they are no better than me. So if y'all ever walk around and think like, man, why can Ray say whatever she wants whenever she wants? How does she walk around with this confidence? It's because honey, I know No one's got their shit together. So, but a way to rephrase that is we're all figuring our lives out. So I don't get upset or mad when I'm figuring mine out. And on that note, today's topic, or it's not a topic. I don't even want to say it. It's an experience. It was something that happened to me two years ago. I'll just, I don't know how else to say it, but I'll just say it. I was raped at a casino. And part of me wants to go into all the details in some ways, I think it could be really helpful because there might be someone listening that's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's happened to me. And I never knew if I could call it a rape or or an assault, or I just thought it was my fault. I went through all of that. It'll take a little long. And I'm just, I really don't have all the thoughts together around that sharing. That part's still really hard for me to share about how it happened, the series of events. What I will share is. The morning after it happened and I was driving home, I blamed myself. I texted someone that at the time I really cared for and told him, I messed up and I made the worst decision ever because in that moment, I, I was genuinely, I was told that it was my fault, that I had asked for it. And so when I was driving home that morning, still shaking from all the alcohol and possibly being drugged the night before, my body was just like shaking and hungover. And I wanted to drive, press the gas and so hard. I was around. I mean, I remember the exit I was by. I was between the Sherwood and Millerville exits going home. And I wanted to press the gas and like run into a sound barrier off of the interstate. And instead of doing that, because I have tools in my depression, anxiety, and suicidal toolbox, right when I felt that, that's when I texted the person. We'll go into that whole other exchange because talking to this, I talked to the wrong person about it. Or maybe it was the right person because that series of events really shattered a long relationship that I was holding on to for way too long. The way he talked to me about my experience, the trust was gone. The trust was completely gone between me and this person. But moving on from that, after it happened, I remember going home. And he had asked me a few days later, um, checking in on me, he's like, hey, Ray, how you doing? And I told him I felt empty. And it was odd. You know, it wasn't even the rape that bothered me the most, which might sound weird. I had lost all trust in myself. I had lost trust in my decision-making. Looking at this situation and reflecting on it, I blamed myself because I was like, how could I be so stupid? How could I drink around people that I barely knew that were clearly trying to get me to stay the night with them as well? Like every time I was invited to drink with these people that I barely knew. It was There was always alcohol involved and there was always a place to stay. And I was always encouraged to drink as much as I want, wanted because there was a place to stay. Which, looking back on the situation, makes me feel like a lot of it was planned, premeditated, or this is something that they do. Which, <laughs> that that has plagued me. Because even though I got a rape kit done, I did not prosecute which has also been a hard part of my journey that I did not pursue charges on this person because I actually wanted to prosecute all of the people involved because like I said, it felt very premeditated. I felt targeted. Whether that's true or not, I will never get to know. I will never get to know because I decided to just, I was starting a contract in a week that was gonna last for two and a half years and I decided to just put my head down, focus on my job and keep moving, to be honest. And that's something that a lot of people decide to do instead of reporting their rapes. Um, I did get a rape kit done. I think I said that already. What I will say though is I already had a lot of tools in my toolbox for depression and anxiety because I was actually, I was, I was, I was terrified um, that my depression would come back full force Because even though my first thought was suicide when driving home, that's so natural for me. And its I know that sounds weird, but um, I've noticed over time that any form of stress or shame or worthlessness, that's when I get suicidal. Um, Currently, I don't do that, but this was two years ago. And so it was constantly getting better every year. I was thinking of suicide and contemplating suicide less from the age of 25 till I haven't thought of suicide since christmas of last of 2019. So it's been a full year since I've even had a suicidal thought. I've only had one bout of um full body depression which I call it full body only because to me depression's very physical. It's a very physical feeling. Sadness and depression are not the same to me. And I did have an episode once last year but like I said every year seems to be getting better and I'm so freaking grateful for that. So after the rape had occurred and I was feeling suicidal initially, I knew because I've been committed to my life. Luckily, when I was 25, I decided that I would never kill myself, even though my brain was telling me that. So that was like a really simple tool um, that if you are contemplating suicide perpetually, for me, it did become as simple as like, no, I will never do that. So whenever the thought comes, before I would believe it and then I would contemplate it and then I would try to figure out how I was going to do it and then go down that whole rabbit hole. But now that I know it's my brain thinking it and I can say no to it, I no longer contemplate or consider that an option. It's just almost like my brain saying, oh, your favorite color is blue. It's like, it's just a system in my brain, like a glitch. And I don't, and I don't entertain the glitch. It doesn't mean it doesn't. I don't think it, but I just don't entertain it anymore. So when I saw myself going down that road, I was actually really, in some ways, I'm very grateful that I happened later in life, even though I felt very stupid for a long time. But after it happened, I went to work and decided that I wasn't going anywhere for two months. I would literally just go to work, come home, do yoga journal. I was basically self-care central for two months because I knew I had to process the feelings. I knew I had to like be with myself because if not, I could go back to a really dark place. And I was really committed to not doing that. But had it happened before I was 25, I don't know where I'd be. I really don't. Thankfully, I had some tools um, and I still haven't been to therapy for it. But yeah, I wanted I needed to share it because it was so important to me that I did give myself that time to heal. And I'm glad that I was at that stage in my life where I could do that. But it impacted my self-trust for a long time, longer than like the two months I committed. I don't know if I had mentioned that. I decided for two whole months, like I was going to just go to work, come home, do yoga, and then lead my meetup group once a week. and then. But that was it. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything, but my mindset—I do think—and and the path that I've been on to taking care of myself and not entertaining suicidal thoughts—I do think it saved me, because I really don't know if I had had the same brain and the same depression and anxiety bef- and and suicidal ideation before if I would have made it through that. Because weirdly enough, it was let—I was feeling less betrayal around the guy and the people, I felt more betrayed by myself that I was so stupid to have trusted these people, which was hard because like I'm the one that has to make all these decisions. And then I just started feeling like I was walking on eggshells with myself because I was an idiot. I didn't know who to trust. Like I was starting to question anything and everything around me. Like I can't go here because I don't know that person. I don't know this person. I can't drink with this person. Like I can't do this. I can't get in a car with that person. Like I was literally walking on eggshells in my life because I felt like an idiot and I felt like I trusted people too much and i had opened myself up to this because I was too understanding. I was too compassionate. I was too, I thought that, people were good. They were kind and they wouldn't take advantage of me. And that was shattered that night. That's what mostly wrecked me. It wasn't the five minutes that this person, or I don't even really know how long, but I would say it's just like five minutes. This person raped me. That moment lasted longer because I blamed myself for it. And I saw how like my foundation, my faith in people was destroyed. I had to deal with that and reframe that for a while. And I've come to a new reality. I've I'm more cautious around a lot of things and it has served me. But caution and fear and are different. You know, I've learned like cuz I didn't want to be afraid of everyone but then I couldn't trust anyone. So grappling with that, I would say I'm more cautious now. I do have like certain guidelines and boundaries for how I trust people, but the trust isn't like completely gone. And I'm not like side-eyeing everyone in my life. So I'm glad I figured that out. But, but that was a murky space for a while. And I think that some people stay in that space forever. Yeah. All right. This is really long. Thank you for listening to me today. Thank you for being with me on this little series, this little journey that I'm taking of trying to give you all an idea of like why it's so important that I think positive things or it's not even always positivity, but reframing and paying attention to what I think. It's more about that, paying attention and being aware of my thoughts. They don't always have to be good, but are they helpful? Are they serving me? And these are the experiences that have shaped me and pushed me to do that because if I don't examine how this trauma has affected me, then I don't get to operate from a place that I deserve. And we can go into that another day. Did this podcast make your day a little bit better? If it did, click the fifth star, leave a kind review and shoot this episode to someone you think would really benefit from it. I appreciate it, I appreciate you, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye!